right, all right, all right. I'm Joe Turner, and this is City Manager Unfiltered, a podcast for city managers and other public sector executives. Happy New Year. It's 2024, and I am geeked. I'm pumped. I can't I can't even begin to tell you guys how excited I am about 2024. My 2023 was amazing, and I owe it all to you guys. Uh, you guys have been phenomenal. I have great listeners, great audience, great followers on LinkedIn. I just had an amazing year in 2023, and I feel extremely blessed. I'm going to unpack that more in a little bit. This is going to be a little bit of a bizarre episode to start the year, and I'm not really quite sure how to navigate this episode, so bear with me. It is literally 9 o'clock on Tuesday, and I drop my episodes on Wednesday at midnight Central Time, so literally this episode's got to go out in three hours, and I haven't eaten dinner, and I drove 17 hours on my way home yesterday uh, from Wichita to Florida, and so just bear with me, okay? Here's the deal. A couple weeks ago, I had a podcast episode with the former Fort Meade city manager, Jan Bagnall, and he has a crazy story. He told me about threats, being physically accosted. His wife was verbally abused and harassed at the local grocery store, people driving outside of his house, so forth and so on. And man, did that episode generate some buzz in the Fort Meade community, because since I dropped that episode... I've had some feedback. I've had some people reach out to me. Um, it's just been an interesting deal. And man, I don't, okay. So um, I got an email yesterday from a gentleman by the name of Greg King. He is the campaign manager for a gentleman by the name of Jarrett Williams, who recently ran and was elected in November to the commission in Fort Meade. So he's the newly elected Fort Meade commissioner, but he doesn't get seated until January 9th. Okay which is one of the reasons why I'm trying to get this episode out because I've heard some crazy rumors about what's going on in Fort Meade. So uh, Greg King reached out to me uh, yesterday via email, but I couldn't respond because I was driving 17 hours across country. I was like, I wasn't sure what to do about whether or not I should reach out to him or not because I'd heard some really you know crazy things about uh, the things going on in Fort Meade and I wasn't sure if I wanted to open up that Pandora's box. But I wasn't sure how to go forward with this episode if I didn't reach out to him because Jan Bagnall has informed me that he will not be doing part two of this interview series because he's been receiving threats, um, personal threats, um, so uh, for his public safety. I don't really know how to get into all these details. He didn't receive direct threats from an individual. Uh, inter- uh, at least three intermediaries have informed him that if he knows what's best for him, he will not be coming on the podcast to talk anymore about Fort Meade. So I wasn't really sure how to proceed with all this. So I gave, uh, I reached out to Greg King because he emailed me, he gave me a cell phone number, I texted him, he responded back within like five minutes, and then we proceeded to have a 40-minute phone call uh, on the record and some uh, further dialogue off the record, and I'm going to play that phone call for you in a minute, and... Um, well, I don't know, we'll discuss it afterwards. This is a this is a not gonna be my most polished episode and not my most polished phone call interview, guys, because like I said, this is a, a wild and developing story. And uh, we'll just kind of go forward. So before we jump into the episode, I want to give you some rundown of some housekeeping items. Uh, again, happy new year. Uh, like I said, I'm very happy with 2023. Uh, quick rundown of my stats. I'm gonna do a year in review post on LinkedIn, as well as probably a podcast episode to fully flesh out this information or data because I'm, I'm really stoked about it. But I ended the year literally with just a tick under 6 million impressions and downloads of my LinkedIn content and my podcast, okay? My podcast hit the 50,000 download mark on December 30th. You know, I launched it on June 14th, so just a little over six months ago, and I have 50,000 downloads. Um, That goes to show you what kind of uh, traction I'm getting in our community. You guys know I have a very niche subject matter, very niche uh, audience. So I'm not going to blow up and get millions and millions of uh, downloads like some of the other podcasts out there in the market. Uh, But to get 50,000 downloads on my podcast with 30 episodes, um, it's not hard to do the math. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Just to give you an idea, I didn't know this before I started podcasting. But something like 50% of all episodes created get fewer than 40 downloads. Think about that. 50% of all episodes created get fewer than 40 downloads. Every single one of my episodes, according to Buzzsprout, which has data on, on podcasts on their network or their platform, every one of my podcasts that I've released has been in the top 10% in the, in the world. Uh, so, uh, And I've had some that are in the top 5% um, based off their metrics. 
So my podcast is easily in the top 10% worldwide of all listenership when you think about that, because if every one of my episodes is in the top 10, then you know that my episode, my show as a, in total is definitely top 10% easy, right? Uh, just logic would dictate that. So I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate. Uh, I will unpack all this stuff in a later episode and post, like I said, but thank you so much for listening and following. Uh, I'm very, very appreciative. And, you know, I've been putting a lot of time, a lot of time into this for the last year and a half or so. I started in September, right, of 2022, so almost a year and a half. And it's time to start monetizing because I'm putting so many hours into this, guys, and I need to start probably generating some revenue. Uh, it's been a very fulfilling and gratifying experience, but I need to start actually paying some bills with this stuff since I'm losing money on this effort. <laughs> um, so yeah, I talked to um, a city manager today, actually, who was very grateful for the support I provided publicly on my platform. And he said, you know what, Joe, you need to start asking for donations, a Patreon, set up a donate button. He goes, I donate the my causes that I support, and you're doing a great job with your podcast. It's serving a very important need. Uh, you need to set up a donation button. And he's not the first one who told me that. I've had quite a few people suggest that I should do that. Uh, I have a hard time asking for money or donations. It's not really in my my uh, nature. So anyway, I'm going to probably do that, though, because I'm being asked to do it, and I probably should do it. So look for something like that in the future. I'm also going to look to start monetizing the podcast. I need advertisers. I need to start doing stuff to generate revenue. So if you are a vendor, if you are a business that markets your services to uh, public sector executives, department heads, things of that sort of nature. Uh, please reach out if you want to discuss uh, sponsorship or partnership opportunities uh, for branding. Like I said, my content got 6 million impressions uh, last year, and I have a very valuable niche audience of decision makers with you know multi-multi-million dollar budgets. So I feel like there should be some uh, some potential there. This is going to be a little bit tricky things. Don't read too much into this. Uh, if you guys have been following the previous episodes, you know that my situation in Florida has gotten a little crazy. I won't get into too much detail on that, but don't read too much into this. I would like to reach out to any city manager who's in the market for an assistant or deputy city manager. I'm not looking for a position for myself, but I have an idea uh, that I'd like to run by you. So if you are a city or county manager and you're looking to hire an assistant or deputy uh, manager to work under you, please reach out so that I can share an idea that I have with you. Okay, uh, a couple more housekeeping items and we'll wrap up here. Be on the lookout for the following upcoming episodes. Um, like I said, the year in review. I'm also going to push out an episode, probably not on a Wednesday, but just like a special bonus episode on how to be a guest on my podcast. I want to talk to you guys and give you some idea, give you some feedback as far as what I'm looking for and how to be a guest. I get inquiries quite often, as you can imagine. Uh, from people who'd like to be on the podcast. And I want to share with you my philosophy, what I'm looking for, how to how to be a guest. Okay, so look out for that episode. I recorded an interview with Tim Nowak. He is sort of like my uh, counterpart in the FIRE EMS space. He's very active on LinkedIn, has his uh, own platform, has very large following. We had a discussion that's already been recorded. I need to edit about the uh, upcoming crisis in the FIRE EMS service. Uh, he believes that within five years or so, there's going to be a massive crisis in the United States when it comes to fire EMS service throughout the country, in particular in the small rural communities that rely on volunteer fire fire departments and what have you. So be on the lookout for that episode. Also, Mark Moses sent me his book called The Municipal Financial Crisis. I'm going to be interviewing him in the very near future. I'm about two-thirds of my way through that book. It's an excellent read. It's not a quick read, and it's not easy reading per se, uh, but it's it's very illuminating, very insightful. He's a very smart gentleman, and I'm really excited to dig into some of the things he's writing about in his book. Once again, The Municipal Financial Crisis. I will have a link to it in the show notes. It's an Amazon link too, so if you click on that link and buy something on Amazon, I'll get credit for that uh, as a referral bonus, so thank you for that. And then also, um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about the Nick Kittle episode uh, that I released in between Christmas and New Year's. You know, it's called uh, Live Like You Are Dying, and he has a very interesting uh, life experience. But he had a, a line in that podcast about what pays my soul, and I've been just really thinking about that quite a bit. I've been chewing on it quite a bit, honestly. Um, I drove uh, from uh, Florida to Wichita and then Wichita to Florida over the holiday break, so I had literally over 30-plus hours of driving, and I really chewed on some of the things that he, uh, that he communicated in his podcast interview with me. I'm going to share more detail about that in the near future, 
about what pays my soul. And, you know, I, I, I want to recalibrate a little bit on things that I'm doing because I'm really, I'm really finding that this podcast and my LinkedIn activities and so forth and so on are really paying my soul. I'm really enjoying that experience. I'm really getting a lot of fulfillment from it. Uh, I just have some amazing stories. I literally had a city manager reach out to me this week and said that uh, one of their council member elects had found my podcast and that they started listening to my podcast and they had positive things to say about what they were listening to and about how they were getting a better understanding of what city manager life was about and sort of gave them a new perspective on things. And they were really encouraged that, that their council member had sought out uh, my podcast and this, 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 Councilmember again, did it all on their own. The city manager didn't tip them off or anything like that. And so it was a really encouraging interaction. And that city manager was just was blown away that, that a council member would do that. And so little things like that are really paying my soul. And I want to be able to do more of these things. And so I got to figure out how I'm going to do that. So uh, stay tuned for more conversation on that. I, I'm going to have a pretty big announcement probably in the near future uh, on that. Uh, in that regard. So again, thank you all for listening and for your support. Now let's turn back to this episode about Jan Bagnall and Fort Meade. Before we get into it, I'm going to give you the cast of characters. Jan Bagnall, he was the former city manager for Fort Meade. Prior to that, he was the utilities director, the first ever utilities director. And he entered Fort Meade through the private sector where he spent his entire career running multi-million dollar utility outfits. I mean, because he wants to simplify his life. He was traveling something like 40 plus weeks out of the year. And so he's a city manager in Fort Meade and gives, you know shares his wild stories about what, what happened in Fort Meade. Okay. Now, Jarrett Williams is a key character in this interview, but not in the interview I released. Uh, it was going to be a key character in the upcoming part two interview, but we never got to it. Okay. Uh, but I know about it because we had previously had an interview that I scrapped because it was too convoluted and I wanted to break it down into more bite sized pieces and make it easier for the audience to listen to. Okay. Well, Jarrett Williams has a uh, campaign manager named Greg King. I didn't know that until today, literally an hour or so ago. Greg King's the one who reached out to me via email and we had the conversation. Another name you need to know is Maria Sutherland. Maria Sutherland is the individual that Jan hired to be his assistant city manager. Uh, and then when Jan resigned and left, Maria Sutherland became the interim city manager. Now, the rumors are going on right now since I dropped a podcast episode that, well, there's lots of crazy rumors, but one of the rumors going out is that Maria Sutherland is going to get fired on January 9th, and that's the day that Jarrett Williams is installed on the count on the commission. The the rumor is that Sutherland will get fired, and then the council, with now three black council members, if you remember there's a racial component into the first episode, they will install Greg King to be the interim city manager for like 11 days until Pat Oman gets here. That's the speculation. And then I was told that, you know, there'd be some firings and some other stuff going on. Uh, anyway, I discussed that with Greg King in the phone call at length, and we'll get in that in more detail. The other things that's going on out there is that uh, Greg King has supposedly been involved in harassing or intimidating people in the community. We talk about that as well. Now, one of the things I talked about with Jan Bagnall in the episode that was released, as well as in previous conversations that were not released, that were pre-interview and so forth and so on, were these various threats that he'd been receiving, Okay. One of the things that we did not discuss in the episode that was released was that he had actually received a phone call threat from a gentleman and he went to the sheriff's office to complain about it. According to Jan Bagnall, the threat that he received was the following, that if he did not leave town, it was not going to end well for him. Now, this threat was made allegedly by a gentleman named Chris Talley. Now, Chris Talley is supposedly a close friend of Dustin Burke. This is according to Bagnall. And, and according to Bagnall, Dustin Burke is the son of Melanie Bell's best friend in town. Melanie Bell is an elected official in the legislature, and we were going to unpack some of those allegations and accusations in part two of this podcast that are, is not going to air. Okay. Now, Bagnall filed a complaint with the sheriff's office, and he actually got a incident report. It's 23-34187. So I didn't look this up. I didn't reach out to the sheriff's office. I'm taking Bagnall's word at it. But he actually filed uh, a police report. Okay. And basically, this is what he's been enduring. And then since the podcast aired, 
he claims that three individuals have come up to him and warned him that he needs to keep his mouth shut about being on the podcast. Although Jan Bagnell did not accuse or suggest to me that Greg King, again, the individual you're going to hear on the call in a moment, was responsible for any of these three threats that were provided to him, I have been told that Greg King was allegedly or has been accused of making a threat on a local business owner. And basically that Greg King was threatening the business owner and or their property. And that supposedly this was this, there was a complaint lodged with the sheriff's office, but I have not seen this. Okay. So to come full circle on this, we have a city manager who comes on the podcast. And then after the podcast airs, he basically says he's receiving threats and won't come on the podcast anymore. Okay. To finish out the interview. And Greg King reached out to me and basically sent me an email. I decided to reach out to him and we had a very impromptu off the cuff conversation. And so I'm running with it with, for this episode. And the reason why I'm getting it out as a, in a hurry is because there's been rumors about January 9th when Jarrett Williams is installed, that that's when a lot of shenanigans is going to happen with respect to uh, Greg Bell being installed as the interim city manager. And then we get into the whole Pat Oman discussion. Pat Oman has recently announced newly hired city manager that's supposed to start on the 21st. Okay. And we talk about Pat Oman in this interview and well, I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. We will talk more about some of these issues after this phone call. Uh, please note that I have made some slight edits to this, just taking out some ums and, and ticks and things of that sort of nature. There's been nothing substantive in the way of uh, editing or manipulating the uh, phone call. And I have the original saved and recorded if anyone doubts me. Okay. So here's my phone call interview. Greg, I got you on the line here. Uh, why don't you state for the record that you're okay with me recording this conversation and provide your first and last name if you don't mind? Sure, not at all. Gregory King, and I am fine with being recorded. Okay, awesome, sir. So thank you very much. So uh, you reached out to me after um, I did the podcast on Fort Meade uh, a few days ago. Actually, it was yesterday, I guess. You basically asked me to get in touch with you, and since I've dropped that podcast episode, I've talked to um, a few different people and had some contact with some folks, and I've heard some interesting stories about your involvement with this whole situation. And so uh, I'm kind of looking forward to see what your thoughts are and what kind of what you can add to the conversation, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm perfectly fine with that. Awesome. So the first thing I'm going to um, say is that I talked to uh, Jan about doing part two because we didn't record part two yet. And because okay. uh, he, he, he got under the weather after we did the first episode. And he's declined to do any additional podcast episodes because he says he's received multiple threats on his personal safety and property. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not aware of that. Uh, I know there were some, maybe some threats of uh, legal action, but uh, I don't know who would do that. Okay. Well, he, he, uh, he informed me that three different people sent him word that if he knew what was best for him, he wouldn't do any additional podcast interviews on this subject. And these were intermediaries. They were not direct sources. So these persons didn't issue direct threats. But the whole, the whole saying, you know, word on the street is don't go on the podcast right. anymore. Um, That's but, very unfortunate. And you're not aware of anything like that? Not, no, uh, no, absolutely okay. not. So, so Greg, um, the reason, why, uh, interesting thing. Um, so when I was talking to Jan, uh, we did a, so we did a whole interview a few months back, and it was so convoluted because there's so many moving parts to his story that I scrapped it, and I talked about that in the episode, and we did um, a new episode. And during those conversations, uh, the pre-interview and the actual podcast I did a couple months ago, he's made several allegations or accusations or whatnot. And one of the things that was discussed was that he, he himself, bef uh, before the podcast interview that we just released, that he had threatening phone calls and also uh, that he uh, was aware of at least one incident where, and this is where you come into play, um, there was at least one incident out there. Well, hold on. Let me, let me, let me make sure I got my facts straight on this, okay? So he said that he was the victim of a threatening phone call, which he went to the sheriff's office and filed an incident report on that. I believe that's currently being investigated. That had nothing to do with you. Okay. Right. Uh, and then of he course. had other, he had other accusations and claims that people, you know, driving around his house and harassing his wife and, you know, basically menacing his house with, you know, cars and stuff going around and shining lights into the house and so forth and so on. Okay. And then, right. uh, since the podcast has uh, gone out, he, again, he made allegations about these different uh, threats 
uh, that he was uh, communicated to him. Since this podcast went out and the conversations I've had with additional people uh, or what have you or, or, or feedback I've received in research is is that I've been told that you're affiliated with, uh, is it Jarrett Williams is the name? Yes. Right? Yes. And I was yes. told that you were his campaign manager on his city council campaign. I don't know if that's accurate or not. It is. It is accurate. Okay. All right. Yes. And this is where it gets a little dicey and this is really tough. I mean, you know, we're, we're men. We're going to have a conversation here. Um, somebody has informed me that at one point in time, you threatened a local business owner and his property and that that person went and filed a uh, complaint with the sheriff's office. Are you aware of anything like that? Uh, I did not uh, threaten anyone's safety. Okay. What happened, and I, I, I don't, I'm not aware that anyone made a complaint with law enforcement, but uh, what happened was someone uh, was harassing Jarrett Williams, who was a candidate at the time, online. Okay. And I'm, And what they said was, at the time, Jarrett was just deleting the post. He would, you know, he would continually delete the post. The person would repost the post. So on this particular day, the person posts, and I, I think it may still be up there. I know we have screenshots of it. The person posted, you can continue to delete the post, but I'm going to post it every day that, uh, but I will continue to post because, uh, you know, other salacious stuff about Jared, like, I don't know if you're a liar or you took money from someone or something like that. Okay. And so um, with that, I, I did post. I said, hey, by tomorrow at noon, you will stop making these posts or I'm going to take additional action. Okay. And that was that. Uh, that that was you saying that, or on behalf I of Jared? No, no, not on behalf of Jared. I don't speak for Jared. Okay. <laughs> I, on behalf of myself. Okay. Um, yeah. What's also uh, me known is uh, Jared's my cousin, also. Okay. So, so, uh, but I was, um, you know, I'm a professional campaign manager, and so I was um, acting in that role with him, but also as a family member. Hey, you're not going to cyber bully. You know, my family, right. you know, with, with, with no consequence. I mean, you can't. And that's discourteous and disgusting for someone to say, well, you know, I'm going to harass you and say negative things about you every day. I don't care how you feel about it. And so my point is, well, uh, you know, everyone, everything has repercussions and consequences. So if you're going to do that and, and also, you know, Joe, I did that to give him an opportunity to back away. Okay. You know, because I'm I'm a tactician just like everyone else is. I'm a strategist like everyone else is, but I don't want to go to the levels of, you know, certain levels of engagement. So I I wanted to be courteous and allow him to say, hey, well, you know what, I I don't want to do that. So is this indi- is this individual that you're speaking of? Are they a local business owner in the community? Or are they are do you can you I don't know I don't know if you want to give them the name or not, but I wasn't sure. sure. Um, yeah, it's it's a local business owner. Hold for me for one second, Joe. Yes, sir. If you don't mind, absolutely. Me about ten seconds. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to get in my car. I don't know if that's going to create a problem. No, no, no problem with but, me. I understand. Okay. Okay, yeah, so it was a local business uh, person, and he's also on a city board. So, okay. I mean, his behavior, you know, uh, it, it's a free country. Everyone should be allowed to, ex- you know, make political expressions. And so that was the reason for my post on social media. I, you know, I said, you know, you can't, you, you're not going to cyber bully anyone. We're all running, you know, want to, to our political goals to be met. But, you know, I will give you the courtesy of giving you until, or, or you know, we'll just, if you're going to bully, we're going to bully and that's that. Okay. He so, took it however he took it. Okay. So, but you did not make any, and I don't know if we're talking about the same individual because I don't have a name for this other individual. Just his, just name, a, is, his, his name is Bob Sweeney. He owns a pawn shop. Okay. So you yeah. did you did not threaten him physically or his property physically or make any claims of attacking or burning anything down or destroying anything, nothing like that whatsoever? Certainly not. Okay. On any level. Okay. I said, if you know, after and, and someone did reply, a couple of people replied, oh, you're threatening him. I said, I made no threats to his safety. You know, he told people he was concerned about his safety. And that's that. Okay. I mean, you know, you know, you, you don't have to resort to physical violence, um, especially if you have my experience. Fair enough. Um, so the other thing I've heard is that you've been accused of making threats about towards other people. And I assume you, I assume you, re- you know, deny all that, too, as well. <laughs> threats to other people yeah I've heard, I've heard that supposedly city hall has received complaints that you have threatened uh, other townsfolk in some form or, or manner no 
Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I, I can't. I can't even imagine who. I mean, did they give you any type of specifics? No, that was it. I mean, um, that's yeah. But 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 the, I will tell them to their face, not even as a threat. The, the like most the most specific complaint I have is about the uh, the individual you just mentioned. Yeah, and 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 I'll tell you that if he goes on if he goes online saying, "Hey, I'm going to bully you, and there's nothing you can do about it," then he he needs you know anyone. I don't care who you are, even me. If I'm harassing someone on, online like that, and someone responds, I appreciate it. Okay, so and I and I understand where you're coming from because I'm I'm for for what it's worth, you're talking to a, a guy who doesn't believe in turning the other cheek. You know what I mean? Like I, I believe in fighting back. So you know if you're going to come after right, me, for yeah, absolutely. So I, I definitely understand where you're coming from now. Uh, here's another, here's another crazy allegation or rumor I've been hearing. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been hearing that when Jared basically gets on the council, essentially that you guys are going to whack out the interim city manager, Maria Sutherland, and then you're going to get, re- you're going to get installed as the interim city manager until Pat Oman arrives on the scene. Uh, I guess you guys have a council meeting on January 9th. Uh, yes, who's going to be installed? I'm sorry. That you're going to be appointed the interim city manager. Oh, goodness gracious, that gets better. Uh, I will tell you, <laughs> I could I could definitely run for me, but uh, I, I don't have any plans of doing that. Okay, so that's a complete. That's another wild rumor. That's not true. Yes, I don't know where that could have come from at all because um, you know, I need I need you know I do other things also. Okay. So I can't be tied to Fort Meade like that. I'm I'm definitely because I was born there and I want to see the city progress. Um, I am definitely going to be involved. I don't know if you're aware, but for me, I was born there 50 years ago, and we have the same one grocery store that we had when I was born. And it's the well, I'm not going to say it's not in the best shape. Right. No, I understand. Right. Small towns are they struggle. I understand that for sure. And uh, some do. Some do. Yep, that's There's true. Others that are thriving. Yep. So what did yeah. what did you uh, what did you make of the interview with Jan Bagnall then? I will, I'll be honest with you. People have had to give me synopsis because I, I don't want to listen because I will get upset and I don't, uh, I try not to get upset. Uh, from what I understand, uh, one of the things that I found interesting is he spoke about Mr. E.J. King. Now, and my understanding is he said that he was an NAEC plant. Now, he's talking about something that happened 50 years ago. Yeah. I don't know the full story about Mr. King moving to Fort Meade. But this is 50 years ago. Right. Who, who cares at this point? At this point, he's a resident of Fort Meade and deserves all the services and amenities that Fort Meade has to offer. And you're still talking about something that happened 50 years ago. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, a few African-Americans were attacked, uh, my understanding, by the KKK on the steps of Fort Meade City Hall. Mr. E.J. King was one of those people, and they were beaten and uh, within an inch of their lives. I'm not aware that uh, I'm not aware that Mr. King was one of those individuals, but I was told that there was a KKK presence in Fort Meade going back, I think, as recently as the '80s. I think you're absolutely correct. You're told correctly. Okay. And so yes, it was. Uh, I was Mr. E.J. Uh, e. King, uh, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Tigney, as we call him, Mr. Tigney, uh, uh, Mr. May, and a young lady that were attacked. Uh, and all they wanted, all they wanted was, and I did not know at the time, Joe. I grew up on a dirt road in Fort Meade. I did not know the city had refused to pave the roads in the African-American community. And that's what they wanted. The same services they got in other areas. And Fort right. Meade is not that big. So, and that's what they were attacked for. Now, uh, quick quick sidebar. Are you related to Mr. Uh-huh. King? Because you have the same last name. I don't know if you guys are connected uh, or not. Correct. No. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm a, I, and Fort Meade is so small, you think so. But no, I'm a different set of kings. Okay. I heard, I heard that you were actually his son. <laughs> Heck, no, my my dad is Greg King. He's uh, also from Fort Meade. Well, he was born in Miami, but he's he grew up in Fort Meade. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of crazy rumors and stuff I'm hearing about Fort Meade. Uh, it, it is so interesting, uh, and this is why I wanted to reach out to you because it's it's such a small town, and I was you know I've, I've been running campaigns in South Florida for 30 years, and I wasn't going to come back. And then Jared tells me, "Hey, I'm running for office." I said, "Well, you know, if you need me, call me." And so he called me, and uh, we won. And, and it's interesting because of the structure of the town and the way it was just like for 50 years, no progress. I'm like, I, I'm not going to get tied up in trying to fight 
fight to, to move this town forward. But luckily, because, you know, I, I'll do anything with my family, you know, Jared ran and I said, let me get involved. This is my you know calling at this point. And so that's why I got involved. It, it's the stories that come out, like a lot of the things about me, I don't hear. Uh, luckily, you know, I'm not necessarily a retaliatory person, but I am very protective of myself and my family. Right. Uh, because I don't bother anyone. Like these people, I wouldn't even engage if my cousin wanted, wasn't running for office and they attacked him. You know, we, we never, and I, you know, like uh, Jan said that we told lies about Bob. We spent no time talking about Bob. You know, that's, that's campaigning 101. Uh, unless you see him as a threat, which we didn't see Bob as a threat. He had been in office for 25 years, had not done anything significant. So we didn't pay any mind to really reach out to him. We just did, you know, the door to doors. Uh, we, you know, met with who we needed to meet with, you know, ask for the vote and, and did it that way. But we, I would never, and you know, if someone's, you know, it's easy to, to, to ferret that kind of stuff out because you say, well, you know, what lies were told. I wouldn't even, I don't, I know very little about uh, Bob Elliott. Fair enough. Very little. So, so one of the things that wasn't in the podcast that you heard because it was in the first one that we did that I scrapped and we started over from scratch is when I talked to Jan, is he talked about a lot of the accomplishments and things that he had done for the neighborhoods in the in the community that were predominantly black and felt like he had done a really good job of trying to uh, take care of infrastructure and provide services to that part of the community. Um, I don't know if you have any oppositional viewpoints on that or not, but why 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 does Jan, in your opinion, seem to have this belief that there is a um, a movement afoot by the council, or at least the, the black members of the council, to basically want to bring in a black city manager? Okay, so it, it's, let me just tell you about Fort Meade. Okay. I, I was born there 50 years ago. The city is worse off than it was when I was born. Uh, the, the reason that, you know, most of my family has left, uh, we're going to try to move back now, but a lot of us have left is because nothing is happening. There's been no progress. Uh, it has the, I think the third or fourth highest, uh, electrical rate in the city. That's how they balance their budget. Are you still there? Hey, Joe. Hey, you cut out there after you said the third or fourth, uh, highest electrical rates. Yeah. That's how they balance their budget. And, and, yeah. in the state. So. You know, whatever their budget is, they just uh, change the electrical rates to match that uh, to meet the budget. So they always have a balanced budget, of course, on the backs of the citizens. But my bigger point is this. Fort Meade does not have a park. A city that's been around for 100 years and it doesn't have a park. They, ha they do have one thing that they call a city park, which is a very nice little picnic area. Like you, they have a pavilion. You can go out there and have a family reunion type of thing. But that hasn't been updated in decades. Uh, and then they have a couple of playgrounds. But the city doesn't have a proper park that you could say is 10 acres or, or whatever. Right. And so, you know, to say that, you know, it, and they have a parks and recreation department, which, you know, makes me laugh every time. So when, when you get to, you know, and I guess it's some people's fear when you get to talking about, well, you know, they, they got, you know, we have three. Nobody's done anything yet, first of all, because uh, Commissioner Williams isn't installed until the night. Right. Uh, there's no intention on hiring or recruiting anyone, uh, especially on the basis of color. Okay. I, I have been around for, for 30 years. I've worked for uh, city commissioners, county commissioners, members of Congress. Uh, there's no way I, we would, uh, and I love Fort Meade. There's no way we would just hire people based on color. No way. I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I want to come back to that in a second, but I want, if you don't mind. So when I interviewed Jan, he talked about how since he arrived, he had done a lot of work to fix the uh, electric electric utility department. That it was basically in really bad shape when he got there, and he made a lot of improvements. And he also talked about uh, bringing in millions of dollars in grant funds to help improve the city. Um, do, are those fair points on his? Do you agree with that, or do you disagree um, with that? It, it is my understanding that there has been improvement with the electric utility. Okay, that that is my understanding. I'm not familiar with it. And regarding the grants, uh, no. Uh, and they were asked what grants that had they brought in, and and someone said that they gave them eleven thousand dollars in grants. And I think what Jan did was he said, I think he told you like he brought in thirty two million or thirty six million. Yeah, a significant number, yeah, something like that. I mean, it's preposterous because the city's budget is like ten to twelve million. 
if you could bring in $30 million in grant into a small town over two years and the budget is $12 million, you don't need to collect taxes or anything. Everybody can have everything for free. Right. And I think what he felt was, and, and I've seen it before, where people take credit for everything. So he felt like if the city had $12 million in revenue, he was responsible in collecting that revenue, which I understand. And a matter of fact, in Fort Meade, it has an interesting setup where the uh, city manager is the actual collector, tax collector for the city. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, a real, you know, it's a real small place, and it's an antiquated charter. So uh, the city manager is the collector and the clerk for the city. When So these rumors that I'm hearing about um... – you know, I've heard so many crazy things, and again, the, the rumors sure. and they're sure. you know, they're obviously it's, it's it's one of those weird conversations I have about rumors and speculation because it's like where do you go? And you know, I don't want to give Correct. I don't want to give life to drama and gossip, but it's also it's also a pretty crazy situation. I've never been in an experience before where I'm interviewing a guest for the podcast and they say, hey, I can't do any more interviews because I'm concerned about my safety. You know what I mean? Um, but this idea that Pat Oman is basically going to be fired shortly after he arrives because he's not uh, approved or supported by Jarrett. Uh, you, you disagree with that? That's not true? Well, I, I will say this. The, the way that the situation was handled is preposterous. You okay. know, basically had a lame duck commission. They selected the guy with one seat missing that they could have. Uh, there was no problem in waiting, except they didn't want to. And so you you can't, and I mean, this is just government, period. You cannot, uh, anywhere you go, uh, especially on the federal level, you can't just stuff somebody in someone's face and say, hey, this is who you have to work with. And you don't even know what direction that people want to go in. So you really had three seats in question. And you're, you when know, you say three seats, you mean three seats on the commission? On the commission. Okay. Because actually, when they finally did pass it, the other commissioner uh, who, was, uh, who had just been elected, he was already installed. But they did all of these things like under emergency meetings and all these type of things, which weren't necessary. And then they, to me, they gave him a, a very bad deal, you know, and, and it becomes. They gave who a bad deal? The new. Uh, the new. Uh, Pat Oman. Why, why, what, what do you mean by they gave him a bad deal? Well, you know, I, I, I think in the, in the city feels, you know, and I can appreciate their feeling. I just don't agree with the deal because, you know, the, the, you're coming in under a new administration. You don't know how anything is going to go. The city, it, I mean, the city is like, it's, it's, it needs a lot of work. And I mean, that's just like, you know, when you have a city that's been under one group of managers for a while and you're going to change, you know, you're trying to update it and everything. And so you just got to make sure whoever you get is going to be a fit to what you're doing. You know, you can't throw someone in someone else's lap. And so my, my bigger point is, you know, directly after the city's commission meeting on the 21st where they approved the contract for Pat, the next day or, or that same day, he has a an evaluation where he is now, and they're saying, you know, he was discourteous to a, a, one of the commissioners, the county commissioners, where he's working now. And my bigger point is this. We won't accept any discourtesy to anyone, whether they're our, our friend or foe. And for me, at least I won't, as, as, a, uh, as a Fort Meade native, no one is going to be discourteous to anyone. Period. And so, you know, I don't want him to think and I don't want anybody to come in under that impression. So, you know, you're picking someone that you don't have. You're rushing to do something that you don't have to do. You know, you have a lame duck commission up there. And so um, so it's, it's not going to be the best thing. It's just not. Yeah, I, 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 I talked about Pat Oman's situation on my LinkedIn page because I talked about his public performance evaluation and it was an interesting, uh, obviously an interesting That's a, situation. It was, a disaster. It was an interesting it was a situation. Disaster. So, uh, and obviously for the record, you're speaking for yourself, not for any Correct. elected official. I, oh, I want to no, make sure. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. 100% for myself. And look, I'm from Fort Meade. I will go in Fort Meade and, and work like I want to work. Uh, I, I do not speak or represent anyone but myself. Uh, so, and, and, and so that's, you know, the bottom line is, and I'm talking about from my experience of, you know, working in government. So, you know, so here's the thing, and I know you're speaking for yourself and, and I'm, you know, on one hand, I understand where you're coming from when you talk about a council. So to unpack this for the, for the, for the audience, there's a five member commission and yes. the turnover is that Jarrett beat a longstanding 25 year veteran or something on the commission. And Correct. essentially he was not 
involved in this discussion. Oh, I shouldn't say he was not involved, but he was not a voter with respect to offering Pat Oman a contract. Correct. Correct. But he was, but he was consulted or involved, I think in the actual recruitment and interview process. Is that fair to say? No, absolutely. Uh, Just like any other citizen, he just watched the meetings. Okay. He was not involved at all. He was not consulted at all whatsoever. At all. Okay. None whatsoever. And he didn't try to, because I mean, that's not, he's not a commissioner. So, and he stayed far out of that. Um, but but his but his position was that hey I'm going to be on the board here in a few weeks why don't we hold off so I have a chance to weigh in and, and make my opinions felt is is what you're saying? Uh, well, that was my position. He hasn't stated his position. It okay. Was more like what's the rush? Okay. You know what? And I did express that to uh, a couple of commissioners. What's okay. the rush? So, but he he didn't make a, and I don't really mind him making that statement if he did. But you're saying right. he didn't make that public statement. He wasn't he wasn't he wasn't uh, making as far I, as you know. Not that I, I am aware of. Okay, yeah. Okay. I mean, to me, that this is a very this is a very common issue that faces councils. Is what do you do when you have outgoing members? Do you do you can you know one argument is you got to continue running the city and you got to vote on a whole myriad of things. You don't just stop voting because you're a lame duck member. But then there's other there's other schools of thoughts that talk about how well you know this is a major important decision obviously and it's best if they have the you know the actual body make that determination. So you see this debate quite a bit throughout the country, as I'm sure you're aware of. I, I am, but you know, Fort Meade has a kind of archaic charter, and and most cities, uh, especially where I've worked, on the day that the person on the commission loses, they're out of office. Uh, immediately. They don't get to make another choice or vote. You know, in Miami, they have to leave that night. Hmm. Uh, so, and for me, they leave two months later. Yeah. And that, and you know, that's actually pretty had, common, uh, Greg, from my experience is there's a gap because really? what, ha- yeah, because what usually happens is you have an election and then you have usually the registrar of voters or whatever it's called, the elections official and whatever the, you know, they call it whatever the state or county that you're in. They will certify the election results and they have to have, you know, within 30 days or a certain number of days to certify it. And then once the election is certified, it becomes official. And then the the um, the individuals are they go. They basically the newly elected officials are placed on the dais, usually in December or January for a November election. So that's actually pretty common. Um, It's interesting that you bring this up because I there's a completely unrelated to this. There's another gentleman I interviewed, a city manager who used to work for Hallandale Beach. I, I know Florida. Okay, you know Daniel Roseman. Okay, so yeah. I interviewed him, and one of his situations was essentially, you know, they basically had the council members, you know, put on in, in place like immediately, which is a question that I had in one of my interview. I had a three part interview with him, and we talked about that because it was such an odd occurrence to have a, uh, elected officials seated before the the results were released, certified at least. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh no, that that's what we do in South Florida. And it's for this very reason. If someone loses, you know, they, I mean, they can, you know, it's almost like you can um, almost, they've been able to, like, they have some uh, cities have like grant funds that they can give out and that type of thing. So you're almost like creating a, a golden parachute or they could, you know, try to put people in place and that type of thing. So in South Florida, it's generally that night. Now in, in Miami, we've had a few cases of some people being installed in office. And they're having to be uninstalled. Yeah, that's where it gets so, that's where it gets tricky, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we've had that too. But even our school board members, you do not get to make another vote. So. Uh, so, so Jared, here's the thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a couple issues here, and we've talked about the the threats a little bit. I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come back to that for, to put one final uh, pin, pinpoint sure. on that one in a second. Uh, but there's obviously the the Jan Bagnall receiving threats and having concerns about coming on the podcast. That's one. Uh, two, there is the issue of Pat Oman, which is completely separate and distinct from from Jan Bagnall, right? And um, I know you're speaking for yourself only, but um, how should I say this? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't look good for him if I, I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't sound good for him when I'm hearing all these rumors that there's a desire to have a certain type of manager, either a certain race, or you have a council member or commissioner who's coming in who wasn't involved in the discussion, who has some, who feels some kind of way about it. Let's just put it that way, right? Right. So, what do you what do you think about the whole Pat Oman situation moving forward? It'll have to be. We'll see how it goes. We're, we're not going to be comfortable because the city, and this is our thing too. We, you know, from my perspective, I want to make sure that whoever comes in is ready for what's going to happen. I mean, Fort Meade has to change. I mean, there's it's, it's some things on, on the books of Fort Meade that 
just don't make sense. Uh, you know, there's there are some laws that conflict each other. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of work, a lot of upheaval, and not necessarily negative upheaval, but just change. Right. And so, uh, and then too, what we want to do, and 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 I can say this is for Jared too, because this is something we discuss fluently on the campaign as we were working to get into office. No matter how it goes, we're all going to work together and everyone will be afforded the same courtesy. So when you're coming in, it will not be, hey, I'm just going to attend to the people who are looking out for me. As you know, uh, Jan even stated, I think that Bob Elliott uh, looked out for him type of thing or something like that. They had a type of a great relationship or something, but it's not going to be that. It's going to be, and, and Jared's slogan was Fort Meade first, it's going to be the residents of Fort Meade. You know, we have to get a park there. There's no parks. Uh, there's a playground, like I told you. There's no parks. We have to get uh, the infrastructure up. We have to get, the city has no broadband. Uh, you know, we have to get a grocery store. These things have to happen. We have to get the electrical rates down. They have to happen. And so we want to make sure that whoever comes in is ready for the work and ready for the change in culture. Because, I mean, clearly, if they're talking about something that happened 50 years ago, you know, there's, there's some people who stuck in the mud. And this is the funnier thing about it all and all the racial stuff. We know, and, and clearly we campaigned, Fort Meade is, I think, 60% uh, white. Mm-hmm. That's, and, a, that's consistent with what I think Jan told me. Yeah. So we black people didn't even elect us. It's because there's not enough to elect us. It was the white electorate that said, hey, we want change. That's a great point. It's so, a great point, Greg. Yeah. So, so, so if we go in there and say, hey, well, we, no, we're going to do what's best for the city. Whether it's black, white, red, green, or yellow, it's going to be the best for Fort Meade. And we are going to have some people who are disgruntled, and that's just life. And we will deal with that, but we're going to lower. We're going to do what we said we're going to do: lower electricity rates, bring some parks in there, get a supermarket in there, and and move the city forward. That's it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, getting back to uh, the the podcast with Jan, and I guess you haven't listened uh-huh. to it all the way through. Have you only heard bits and pieces I, of it? I've, yeah, I've heard quite a bit of it. Do I, you? I mean, I've, I got four or five different perspectives of it. So. Is there is there anything else you want to talk about with respect to that podcast or anything you want to clarify or uh, – Well, I, um, I, you know, I, I think Mag- – Look, I don't want to dump on Jan, but, you know, he had a way – his way of running the city, I guess. Um, I know it's difficult in my experience. When you get people with a business background who try to come into government, they don't understand how it works. And so I think that created some conflicts. And I, and I think making personalizations about people, I, I understand that he said some of the uh, candidates weren't intelligent uh, and those type of things. And that, uh, I mean, it's just, it's not called for. It's not called for, especially in a city that has, you know, not the best reputation on some level. I mean, you know, you know, a gentleman from Southern Cal knows Fort Meade has a KKK. And I mean, now you want to say, well, it's, it's I, I don't know what, could be happening now that could offset that. But, you know, we're, we're beyond that now. We're about prosperity, uh, creating progress in Fort Meade, and that type of thing. So it kind of weirds me out. I mean, it, it, my characterization, and I, I don't mind them saying um, I came in with a little bit of a tough attitude because that's where everybody was portrayed. But other than that, like, we lied on Bob. Just, you know, what's the lie? But And, and that's our big thing is, we're going to settle all this down because, and, and it's going to take some time. And that's our thing with, you know, with my thing with a, a new manager coming in is understanding there's going to be a huge culture change in the city itself. Well, uh, what do you, okay. So what do you think if, if, if you're Pat Oman and he's, uh, you know, listening to this, right. What would be your advice or counsel to Pat Oman, the new city manager coming into Fort Meade? How, how what should he do to set himself up for success? I, I, he has a contract. He has a contract. So, I mean, it's, it's, I can't really uh, give him any advice, but just be ready to work. I mean, he can do the best he can or try. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I think this is like one of the, it, it's, it's a really, I, I, it, it just didn't make sense. The whole process didn't make sense. I mean, he, he would be, and I hate to say victim. Uh, it's not his fault. So, you know, but he, he's a victim of the circumstance. Uh, of of the the situation, um, do you do you city, think he has the skills or abilities to be successful in Fort Meade? I don't know, and that's the problem. You understand that that's the whole big issue is how do we know? You know, we didn't get to ask a question. 
you know, you know, it's the, the other people who are not there anymore ask the questions. Well, the skeptic, I guess the devil's advocate on that, uh, Greg, would be, you know, Florida's very transparent. All that stuff is done in the open. Um, did he meet one on one with the individual commissioners? Not to my knowledge. I think he had a conversation with one. But but look at this, uh, Joe. The gentleman has a bad, and, and I mean, this is in the newspaper, he has a bad relationship with the people he was serving, one of the commissioners. That should have been somewhere in the background check. I mean, this, his background check had, it's, it's, it doesn't seem like it was thorough. I mean, if someone's saying he was supposed to meet with them monthly and he's only met with them one time. So, you know, I mean, geez, that's not even a thorough background check. I, I know you. I know you don't speak for Jarrett, but you were his campaign manager. Do you do you have any sense of where Jarrett is at on Pat Oman with respect to him being a city manager there for Fort Meade? No, and it's not about Pat Oman. I do know that Jarrett was not comfortable with the process. It has nothing to do with Pat Oman, uh, and I don't want to make it about Pat Oman. Understand? It's the process, uh, and, and and they know what they did. I mean, they they had ample opportunity to say, "Okay, Bob, you, you know, you lost." We can defer. There was nothing wrong with making a deferral to January 9th. So let me uh, let me. Uh, I, I know I've kept you on the phone. You've been very gracious and allowing me to record the conversation. So let me let me put a, a few fine points on things. I want to go back and just make sure we got everything buttoned up. Okay. So okay. I want to make it very clear that Jan Bagnall, just so you know, he's not the one making any accusations or insinuations that you are threatening him or his family or anything like that. I want to make sure that's very crystal clear. Okay. Um, I understand. Okay. No, no one can have that. No you, one can say that you, except for the gentleman. Gotcha. And it, it, you have, it, I mean, to be again, to be very blunt, you have not been questioned or interviewed by any law enforcement uh, officials regarding any threats or anything like that regarding Fort Meade. Absolutely not. And I okay. told Bob Sweeney if he felt that his life was in danger, he should call law enforcement. Fair he enough. should. Uh, no one should feel like their life is threatened. Just like no one should be told that I'm going to harass you every day and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. So, so yeah, no, no. So um, I have not been questioned. Do you have any final thoughts on far as Jan getting these reports from various individuals? Again, word on the street that he needs to be careful about being on the podcast. Do you have any final thoughts on that aspect well, of the conversation? I, I, I really, I really would hope, you know, one of the things I did not address is uh, him saying that people were driving by his house on the night of the election, we did do a victory caravan throughout the city of Fort Meade. Okay. I don't know where Jan lives. We could have passed his house. It's possible. But we did do a victory caravan. It had nothing to do with targeting Jan. But it was we were excited, and we rode from north to south, east to west. Okay. Uh, celebrating. Uh, but with that, uh, Fort Meade is going to move forward. Some people are not going to like it. They're going to say whatever they feel like they need to say. But we're going to move forward. We're going to heal. We're going to be one city. And, and we're going to do well. And and I, I would hope that Jan would leave it alone. I would hope because he's he's disrupted a lot of people. When you say leave no it reason. when you say leave it alone, you mean not come on the podcast, or what do you mean? We're just going with his life. Gotcha. Talk about for me. I mean, and I think if he's if it's a uh, and I understand because I'm I'm in politics. If it's a like a therapeutic thing where he wants to get out ideas or you know say where he tried. I mean, but to come on and and, and say. Stuff that's patently false, you know, that type of thing, it, it doesn't help anyone. Okay. Uh, we're trying to move forward to come on and talk about racial stuff when, I mean, you, you're talking about a town that, you know, has a history and we didn't, you know, I don't, I hope race didn't come up during the campaign. We didn't bring it up uh, at all. We know we were, uh, it was whites, blacks, and Hispanics that elected us. So, so we're grateful, and I'm proud of Fort Meade that in a predominantly white Republican city, that they have three African Americans on their city commission. That's awesome. Is is Fort Meade predominantly Republican? I didn't I didn't know that. I have no idea. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, predominantly Republican. Okay. Predominantly. I mean, it's probably on the same lines. You, you know, you have a handful of uh, independent uh, MPAs, but yeah. So we know people had to just say, "Hey, we want change," and we're, and we're grateful. And, and and circle back on one more point. So Maria Sutherland, there's no plan afoot to oust her on January 9th or anything like that that you can speak to. Oh, no, not not that I could speak to. Okay. Uh, no, no, not that I could speak to. I, I don't know. Um, we have to see what happens. I mean, we're just trying to 
first of all, we're still excited because <laughs> we won, and we're just trying to, you know, get our ideas together how to get a park in that city and get, I mean, the city hall needs more space and all that kind of good stuff. The electrical rates have to come down because people can't afford it. Uh, so we're just trying to get those things in order. Awesome. Hey, Greg, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak with me. I honestly didn't think that you would uh, speak on the record uh, with a recorded call, so I do appreciate you giving me your time today. Oh, absolutely, Joe. No problem. I appreciate your, your openness and honesty. Awesome. Awesome. And we're back. And uh, before we get into the show, I will tell you that I had a grilled ham and cheese sandwich. I had pepper jack cheese, not Swiss. I had sweet and spicy sriracha sauce from Chick-fil-A on there. And uh, with a nice little compliment of Cool Ranch Doritos. And uh, no shame. I'm not, I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm, biz- I'm a busy man. That's what, I, that's what I made, okay? I'm a busy man living by myself in the Florida panhandle. I made myself a grilled cheese sandwich. So let me start with giving credit where credit's due. You know, I literally texted uh, Greg King, and he responded back five minutes later. We were on a phone call completely impromptu. He had no clue I was going to reach out to him. He had no clue I was ever going to contact him. Dude was obviously on his way to go to somewhere in a car. Uh, wasn't exactly in the you know frame of mind to want to sit down and talk with Joe Turner of the City Manager Unfiltered podcast per se. But he was a was a sport, and he's went on the record. I didn't think he was going to go on the record. I didn't think he was going to let me record the conversation. Man, I mean, I, I kind of like the dude. I kind of like the dude. What can I say? I mean, I enjoyed my chat with him. He seems. Uh, with that said, I've talked to Jan Bagnall now at length, and he has a lot of concerns about some of the stuff that's going on with some of these players, some of these uh, characters, and it, it's really a tough situation. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Jan, like I said, Jan never implicated uh, Greg King specifically in any uh, threats he received or anything like that. King stands by that he has had no made no threats and no contact by law enforcement. There's a dispute with this other business owner about some social media back and forth, yada, yada, yada. Man, um, when he talks about uh, Jarrett, Jarrett the Williams, the council member, I get it, man. If you, if you win your election in November, you want to be included in the conversation about hiring a city manager. Everyone knows that hiring a city manager is one of the most important decisions or votes a, a council member can make or a commissioner can make. So I totally get him being pissed off if he wasn't included in a discussion on hiring Pat Oman. You know, I, I get it. That's I can wrap my head around it. I don't have any qualms with that. And, you know, turning the focus on the Pat Oman, man, I got to tell you guys, I don't know if you guys sensed it in the interview like I did. I don't think Pat Oman's going to have a very long and successful tenure with Fort Meade. I, it just doesn't seem like that to me. I could be completely wrong. Maybe the information I got uh, about the other council members, the other black council members, is maybe it's off. I don't know. My understanding is that they're going to vote as a block to get rid of uh, Oman. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I, I just don't think it's a good situation. Uh, clearly, if you listen to what you know, Greg King said, I saw some red flags reading between the lines. If I'm Pat Oman, you know, if, here's what I would recommend if I'm Pat Oman. If I was Pat Oman, I would call or I guess I'd wait till the ninth, essentially, and I would reach out and I'd say, you know what, (laughs) you guys, I signed this contract. Why don't we just skip me moving down? I'll save you the relocation money that you're gonna give me on the contract and you just pay me the 20 week severance and I'll just get the severance before I even start a day and we'll just call it a wash. I mean, I, I can literally see a situation where a city manager gets hired and goes into a separation agreement before he even starts his first day on the job and he walks away with uh, a, you know, 20 weeks of severance. And if, hold on, let me, let me do the calculation on the fly here. I should be doing this, but he was offered $125,000, divide that by 52 weeks, uh, times that by 20. We're looking at $48,000. You know, Pat Oman could walk away with a $48,000 severance package without even showing up, skip the hassle of packing up the, the, the boxes, don't waste the money in the relocation, and just look for another job someplace else and use that $50,000 to buy you over. I bet you honestly that he could get that. I think he could get that and the, the, they'd be happy to pay him because I, I don't think they're going to want him there. That's what I, that's what I think. That's what I think. Read between the lines. You guys tell me, I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't think we're going to get a, a, a part two with Jan Bagnall. I don't know. I think we're done talking about Fort Meade. Maybe we're not done talking about Fort Meade. I have no idea, but Hey, 
this is it. This is real life. This is what this is the city manager unfiltered podcast. Unlike any other podcast in the local government world, you know, it's the most influential and impactful podcast. People listen to this podcast and it moves the needle. And I can't tell you, this is one example that I can go public about, but there's so many other examples of things that have happened as a result of this podcast and the ways it's influenced things that I can't even go into a discussion about because, well, you know how this business is. People tell me things that I have to promise not to share with you guys. So anyway, this is the situation in Fort Meade. Uh, this is the latest. Stay tuned for the uh, January 9th council meeting and, and keep your eyes on what happens here. It's going to be interesting to watch this unfold in real time. Once again, I want to thank uh, Greg King for being so gracious to come on the podcast. I want to thank Jan Bagnall for coming on the podcast. And I'm, I'm sorry you're enduring uh, threats and, and and for being on. But there you got it, folks. Uh, that's the story. That's what I have to report. You guys can make up your own minds. My name is Joe Turner. This is the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast. If, if you think I'm filling a void, filling a niche that needs to be filled, please rate and support this podcast. Please leave a review on Apple. Please spread the word. Please share my content on your social media pages, so forth and so on. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. I'm really excited about 2024. Catch you next time.